What's up, geeks? My name is Kev, and today we're giving you our spoiler-free thoughts on a movie that suggests the dating game might not be a fun one, at least if you're dating an 80s heavy metal drummer that moonlights as a winter soldier. If that sounds confusing as hell, it was deliberate, because again, today we're reviewing the movie fresh, and we're keeping this tasty morsel spoiler-free. Written by Lauren Kahn and directed by Mimi Cave in her directorial debut, Fresh shows the horrors of modern dating seen through one young woman's defiant battle to survive her boyfriend's unusual appetites. The film stars Daisy Edgar-Jones, Sebastian Stan, and Jojo T. Gibbs. The movie is available to stream on Hulu and Disney Plus beginning on March 4th. As always, a huge thank you to Disney Plus Canada for giving us early access so we could chomp into this movie and give you our thoughts before you check it out. Joining me today are two podcast connoisseurs looking to serve you your just desserts. It's Nate and Justin. Mm. Yummy. How are we after watching that one, gentlemen? Did I'm we uh, so, work up an appetite? I'm so hungry. I was so hungry. I immediately had to go grab a big, thick slice of steak. I, I have to say, it, it didn't get to me, but I don't know if Sarah will be eating meat anytime soon. So Yeah, no, I was kind whole, of turned off. I was turned off by week it. week yeah. has been thrown upside down now. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, speaking of which, why don't we jump right in uh, uh, and talk about uh, maybe some things that we liked about the movie. The visuals, I think, in this movie are are a standout. I think they they're you know speaking of like stomach turning and and having moments of sort of um, really feeling uneasy because of what you're seeing uh, without giving too much away. I thought it was really really well done, and um, I'll just quickly shout out the cinematographer uh, Powell Porgozelski. Porgozelski, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, but. Hereditary. I thought, I thought it was yeah. He's done and, those and I movies, love yeah. his stuff, right? And I love stuff, yeah. I love how it sort of um, he finds way, they, they find ways to add this sort of light storytelling through cinematography that I, th- that I thought was really cool. And the way they initially show the the close ups of our our main characters and sort of how it romanticizes them, but then it uses those same close-ups to make us feel uneasy and, and it gets more and more menacing. Really, really cool. I thought that yeah. was really well done. He balances, yeah, the cinematography definitely balances between the romantic and the and the intimate moments with tense, extreme close-up wides too. Like, I love that. They sprinkle in some POV. I think that the the eye of this story is very unique. It adopts some of the, the horror thriller traditions, but it also does feel, for lack of better words, very fresh in this storytelling uh, as it put you in the place of of those those moments the tender moments and and the more intimate moments they're so extreme close up and they're slowed down and even just the montages of of some of these sort of more grotesque moments uh, that are are intermingled and, and almost spliced together with with very very deliberate uh, sound effects like Mimi Cave did did a great job, which kind of really directing some of the visuals with the cinematographer of modern horror films. It's very fitting to see him bring that sort of aesthetic here. I think I think they even play with sound really well. It, you know, yeah. when she's you know you can feel her uh, you know uncomfortableness as she's on that first date as the movie sort of opens mm-hmm. up and and you're she's not paying attention to her date because the guy's just jabbering on about nonsense. And so you're, it's almost like you're in the fish tank and it's all blurred out. Like they do play with visuals and sounds to give a real perspective of what the character is seeing and hearing and feeling. And it does that first, I would say the first 30 minutes, 
The pacing is great, I think. Uh, it gets enough time to breathe while at the same time giving it a really decent build of tension, which I thought was really well done. And it does highlight the anxiety and fear of modern dating from Noah's perspective, like, really, really well. Uh, sure. And I, it, to the point where I was like, oh, I, I, ooh, I see what they're, what they're going for here. And, yeah. and it, was, yeah, exactly. uh, it was well done. Well, let's let's talk about performances because I think that was another thing that really yeah. stood out, and I think the chemistry between Daisy Edgar Jones and, and Sebastian Stan was was amazing. It felt very real. It felt very effortless. And Sebastian Stan, the level of showmanship with with that slight bit of camp, you know, it was it was next level. You know, as the villain of of this 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 horror thriller parody, whatever we want to call it, he does take center stage as his character's sort of mental state, his desires are are just sort of put on display, and and very much the hook. Of, of this movie, like learning about his intentions. And, you know, I loved how, how Daisy's character really, you know, she, she was sort of the victim, but then, you know, really kind of feeds into that sort of being submissive, very typical. Uh, I feel like, you know, this film does play with some of those typical tropes of, you know, uh, sexism and, and objectification. And, you know, it, it, at this point, you know, her character is, is kind of being submissive in a way to almost become the ultimate creep. Uh, so I think it's it's interesting to to see how there is that sort of juxtaposition in, in, in the movie. Yeah, I think, I think there's movies, um, and I'll get to this maybe a little bit later, I think there's movies that have done everything you just described better. But as far as Daisy Edgar Jones's performance, it got better as this movie kind of got worse. Like I got a lot of at the beginning, it was a lot of awkward sort of Twilight era Kristen Stewart vibes of like the weird mm. smiles and things like that. Mm. But but over the course of the movie, she really steps up her performance. And I thought I thought she was really, really great. Yeah, I yeah, love her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Fantastic. there's such a chameleon aspect to Sebastian Stan's performance in this, and and I yeah. the more we see him now, he's so much more than the the stark, reserved character that we see uh, when he portrays Winter Soldier. And here we get a whole arsenal of of emotions and ranges that he he gets to sort of play with, and you can tell he's really yeah, having absolutely. a good time doing so. Yeah, and I did find that he's uh, he's goofy, he's zany. You know what I mean? Like he's he's kind of giving. He's an maniac. Yeah, and he's, <laughs> he's doing the, He's doing the dancing, but but no, but I I just mean like he 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 shows a side of him that we don't we I personally haven't seen in in a lot of his roles, sure. and I I just I really dug him all the way up until probably the last fifteen minutes of this movie, where it's not necessarily like his performance that's the problem; it's more the writing that he has to work with that really starts to just falls start apart, to become yeah. yeah, and really one note. And just yeah. kind of what you'd expect. Before we, it sounds like we're almost ready to move into some things that we didn't like. Before we do, I do want to mm. quickly shout out some of the music choices that that were incorporated into the soundtrack. Uh, you know, playing "Piece of Me" by Lady Ray and "Heads Will Roll" by the Ya Ya Yas at just perfect times. Yeah, I thought that. It can it can sometimes be overdone in a movie, but here I thought it was done just the right amount of times and at the perfect times that it really enhanced the moments that they were that they were incorporated into. It reminded me of um, the film from last year that we were talking about, Promising Young Woman. Uh, very intentional yes. in terms of uh, the reference of where these like you know soundtrack moments showed up. You know the score itself was was interesting. It had that very you know, violin-esque, very, like, tense, like, strings being pulled very long. But, you know, to your point, the the, the sort of more, more modern songs that were referenced, they felt very intentional and, and at the moments that they, they did pop up. Well, I'm really glad you brought up Promising Young Woman because that helps me sort of shift into things that I didn't like because 
I felt that while the movie as a whole was fine, it just felt like there were elements from a whole bunch of different movies I'd already yep. seen. Promising yeah. Young Woman, Get Out. Um, yep. And they were just sort of mashed together here. And so there, this did nothing to sort of be unique or stand out or, or, or introduce anything new. Yeah, it's, it's like Nate said, it started strong. What felt very playful in the first 30 minutes as it built that tension and it had fun with it, it just kind of adhered to it in the end, right? It just became very typical and very confined. It sort of shoots its shot way too soon in the sense that we, we get to the like the 30 minute mark and, and it gets really intriguing and then it slows down to a crawl and I was, but I was okay with it cause I was really intrigued, but then it starts to become bland, unoriginal in its third act. And you can see like the writing relying on some really common tropes within this genre. And, and it, it, you know, recently these days we get a lot of movies like you just described that play with those tropes and sort of, um, they, they, they use them a in a smart way them. or make a commentary yeah. of them. Right. Yeah. But this movie just, uses them and it relies yeah. on them and it, it, it relies on them as a, as a means to the end to serve the the story and it just it just starts to get to a place where you're kind of like wow i was so stoked for this it had such a good beginning and then it, it just drops off and becomes another one of these movies and i just again like you said there's there's movies that utilize these ingredients better um and and you know for, there's one that i can think of that i won't say for spoilers sake but yeah get out and gone girl i think were the two that came to my mind the most uh watching this movie i think the problem was they worked these characters into a very tight corner and didn't have any way to get out without relying on the characters suddenly making irrational and stupid decisions that they clearly would not have to be in the position that they were in as this movie started particularly yeah. with Sebastian Stan's character. It was just, he, he makes a, a really dumb decision towards the end of the movie that I was, that just, it, you could see it coming and then it just happens and it's like, ah, it was just so frustrating that, that that's what they ended up sort of doing to resolve everything. And without spoilers, for his character to be in, for, for his character to be believable in, in what he's doing and what he's mm. necessarily getting away with, the fact that he does make that decision is what is is most infuriating because you're like, no, but now all of a sudden I don't believe any of this setup. I don't believe that this guy could have pulled this off. So it's just, right. yeah, it was super upsetting. Yeah, I, I think the main thing for me at least was, you know, again, I, I do think the runtime was a little bit too long because, again, it, it started to feel very typical. It started to feel very predictable as well, especially as we got to the end there. It just felt like a mad dash to just kind of wrap it up. I don't necessarily know if you need to lop off a 15 minutes from the movie, but it mm. could have been spent better building up and justifying the conclusion of the movie. It could have been rather than just sort of repeating the middle act over and over. And, and it doesn't build to the conclusion like I think the movie thinks it's doing, at least yeah, not in yeah, a very right, satisfying right. way. That's a good uh, point. But, I That's mean, I think there were pros and cons to the movie. So why don't we get to our final thoughts, and then we will Love serve it. up some scores for this movie, which we'll be doing on a scale of one to five fleshy meatballs. Cool. I love that. Yeah. Um, I, I think the, overall I enjoyed this movie for its performances and, and aesthetical direction. The film does play up the typical horror tropes with, with some modern flares, but this film feels more like a dark comedy uh, that parodies the horror thriller genre. That being said, I don't know if that's necessarily how it, it wrapped up. It kind of fell into that box very quickly, but the film is elevated 
by great performances from from Daisy Edgar Jones, uh, who plays that awkward loner, as, as you said, Kevin, navigating the horrors of online dating, and and Sebastian Stan, both charming and dark all at once. The cinematography was was next level, and it does give it a real good uh, point of view, and 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 really creates an eye. And you know, with Mimi with Mimi Cave's directorial debut, she she really did have intention of where she put that camera, and it, it very much spoke every time you you watched a scene play out. In the end, this film adheres to its typical cliches that feel overplayed uh, as it reaches its final act, even to the degree of the overt implications of, of the sexism and the objectification of women, which we know is, is very much seen as, as a rhetoric within, within horror thriller genres. That too felt very overplayed and ends up confining the film into a box. I think the film started great. Gotta love the, the 30 minutes in before you get a title card, uh, you know, and, and in the end it, it felt it felt very typical, uh, much like the horror movies that we've come to know. Uh, you know, that being said, I, I appreciate that Mimi Cave's directorial debut had an aesthetical choice, had had a had a, a motive. However, it's not necessarily the the directorial debut of something like Get Out, which was you know obviously Jordan Peele's first film, and it really was impactful. But it does seem like she did get some things right, and she's still figuring out the balancing of 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 story. It just feels like at the, at the end, you know, the genre tropes that she was playing with, she just became victim to and, and just fell into that box. So I'm going to give this one three out of five fleshy meatballs. All righty. The, the movie, as we've kind of just been talking about in this last half year, it's it's it starts off really strong, really intriguing. It, it kind of um, I think it, it it almost feels like they created a movie that was had some really really strong ideas right off the top but didn't have enough to see it through and maybe that is why it's runtime at i thought it was only an hour and a half long is it longer than that it's only an hour and a half right it plays at about an, an hour, hour and 55 minutes, minutes. Yeah. right yeah, okay yeah. so and it but it still it still felt too long right and i think they 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 could have found ways to maybe bring that scale that back a bit and maybe even focus a little bit more on some of the intriguing newer stuff that we were getting at the beginning of the movie um, because I do think that cinematography was was really noticeable and then you get distracted by all the common modern tropes uh, of this genre as the movie goes on and I think there's probably more good in the movie than we're we're actually calling out but only because we, we don't see it as to how much the story gets sloppy and falls off, much like I think that's this spot on. review. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as its antagonist starts to show his true colors, that's where we really start to get more one note. As much as I loved Sebastian Stan's performance all the way up until the end, um, and I think uh, at the same time, Daisy Edgar Jones uh, also did a really good job. I think for a for a first debut movie, this was a really good good movie shot. A good a good mm -hmm. shot for your first debut. That's awesome, um, and especially to get actors like this and and these performances. Uh, and that and again, the look of the film was really well done. So, um, but I'm, I'm I wasn't overall totally satisfied. So I'm going to do a three out of five fleshy meatballs i will not be going in for seconds there, oh that's well done uh yeah i think i think we're all kind of on the same page here um i think as we've mentioned i think the performances were great they the, the actors did the best that they could do with what they were giving i think for a directorial debut mimi cave did a terrific job of sort of introducing the kind of vision that she'll have behind the lens given the script that she had to work with i think it really does sure. boil down to a, 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 a failure in writing, at least mm. in crafting that third act and not just falling into really 
cliched tropes. I don't know if this movie knew exactly what it wanted to be. If it was supposed to be horror, it wasn't scary enough. If it was supposed to be a dark comedy, it wasn't funny enough. And if it was supposed to be a commentary on these different genres, it didn't really have anything to say. And so I think that's what held everything back. I think, you know, the music, the score, the the, the cinematography, all those things we talked about, they they all created a great environment that just had nothing to say, unfortunately. And so I'm right there with you. I'm giving this uh, a 3.1 out of 5 fleshy meatballs. Wow, you love this Wow, movie. that's a huge... <laughs> you loved it. Across that three line, bro. I 2% better than you guys. Look <laughs> well, I do think it's time to get this podcast on ice, box it up, and ship it out to our voracious listeners. This was our spoiler-free review for Fresh. Thanks for tuning in wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and leave us a glowing review, or we might just have to give you a kick in the booty, if you've still got one. As always, reach out and say hi, and let us know if you'll be checking out uh, the odd delicacy that is Fresh. You can do so at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com, or if that reminds you a bit too much of fava beans and a nice Chianti, hit us up on Twitter at geekcentricyt, and Instagram at WeAreGeekCentric. Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other episodes covering a variety of other content, with new content always coming out. Recently, to celebrate Pokemon Day, Nate was joined by Canadian actor Monroe Chambers and Pokemon content creator Mr. Mitch George to discuss the latest announcements from the Pokemon Company. Plus, our spoiler-free review of Uncharted is available. And coming soon, our spoiler-filled review of The Batman. And of course, every week, we come at you with This Week in Geek, where we share the latest in news, trailers, and all things geek-centric. But until next time, Jayla, Nate, thanks for joining me, and as we say... Love ya. Get home safe, guys. Peace. <laughs>